Welcome to Wild for Wildflowers, a podcast about wildflowers. I am your host, Kelsey, and here with me today is... <laughs> Tanea, Kelsey's sister. Today, we're going to talk about a beautiful, awesome wildflower. It's called the Buttercup, and the family that it's in is the Buttercup family. Oh, or... really? Yeah, <laughs> the whole family is that the only flower in the buttercup family let me tell you (laughs) all about it so the family is called ranunculaceae and then the genus is ranunculus which is like ridunculus yeah it's like one of my favorite wildflower genuses it's ridunculus ranunculus yeah but there's like so the buttercup family there's tons of different flowers that you probably know in it like the pasque flower, columbine, clematis, delphinium, and the marsh marigold. I know four of those five. Yeah. Or, yeah, three of the five. I don't know what a marsh marigold is. I don't know what the first one is. Oh, pasque. Okay, so that's what I wrote in my notes that three of those are in my top 10 favorite wildflowers because after we talked last time I made a list of my favorite wildflowers perfect I mean if I show you so the pasque flower is the one that I put on our like cover art okay for the podcast but they're really pretty and they bloom really early and marsh marigold blooms really early too and I'm sure you've seen them like if I showed you a picture but yeah so ranunculus the word comes from the Latin word for frog, which is kind of funny, but I guess it's because like the buttercup family is so big, but there's a lot of buttercups that are actually aquatic, so they grow in um, like uh, swampy, marshy areas. I could so I see think that's... that actually. Yeah. So you know what's funny? One time last year, I can't remember where I was, but I saw some blooming aquatic flowers. And I was like, whoa, those look like buttercups. They look exactly like buttercups. I wonder what they are. And then I was like doing research and I was like, oh, they were probably aquatic buttercups. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, but that's really cool. I didn't realize that they like had so many different, so many different species. Yeah. So there's like 30 different species in Montana alone of ranunculus. <laughs> so there's like, there's a ton of them. Um, but I'm going to talk about basically just one species today but then I'm going to mention another one because it's really cool and I'm just talking about like the most common ones that I know of that are really easy to identify and yeah we chose this one because it blooms super early like in Montana it's one of the first wildflowers that I see besides like marsh marigold and a lot of times they're like they'll even like come out of like the snow I've seen them covered in snow and they're blooming Mm, it's so cool that's cool they're like super hardy they're one but of yes. my favorite, like I just remember when I was little, I loved, well, my favorite color was yellow when I was younger, and then I loved oh, yeah. buttercups so much that I named my rabbit after it. Oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't realize that, I mean, I was, I was thinking about buttercup when I wrote this, but yeah, so that's funny, I forgot, because your room was painted yellow, mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so I mentioned, I'll, I'll talk about it later, I mentioned this buttercup that I remember it being like one of the first flowers that I recognized when I was younger. But yeah, so we're going to talk about Ranunculus glabarimus. Ranunculus glabarimus, which is also known as the sagebrush buttercup 
or early buttercup. Oh, that's interesting because when we were younger and we lived in Stevensville, obviously it was like dry and like there's a bunch of, I feel like there was like a lot of sagebrush or stuff like around our property mm -hmm. and I always saw buttercups. Like yeah. obviously like in the early spring, but. That's exactly what actually I wrote. Well, let, let's talk about it now. Cause I, I was going to talk about it. I remember like when I was a kid, so there's this other species, it's called Ranunculus acris or tall buttercup. And I just remember when we lived in Stevensville, it was like always, they were like one to three feet tall. So they're tall and um, they have, they look just like the sagebrush buttercup, but they're way taller and they have the same flower, you know, it's like a five petaled yellow flower and they like to grow in like disturbed sandy soils. So Usually when you say like disturbed, it means like a lot of times it's like on the side of the road. Like that's where right. they grow. And so I remember like driving in the car as a kid and being like, oh, because you could just see them. They were like all over the road, all blooming yellow. Oh, and so, yeah. Like the flowers not big, but they're like all over the place. And I just remember being like, like, what is that flower? And I just I think like mom was like, that's a buttercup. And I remember being like, oh, cool. And like, I remember being I must have been like six or something like five or six and being like oh that's a buttercup it was like the first like flower that I remember like knowing which is weird and thinking that mom knew that but <laughs> I know I know right I was like I guess mom told me <laughs> but yeah it's kind of it's crazy but yeah so that's funny that you mentioned it because then yeah we had a little rabbit named buttercup that's poor little thing yeah that was a horrible experience how it went anyway okay let's not talk about that so the sagebrush buttercup is the ranunculus glabarimus and it's a low-growing perennial so it comes back every year the entire plant is two to eight inches tall so it's really low to the ground most of the ones i see are only like two inches tall yeah i was gonna say but, that's what i feel like i've seen yeah they're really short usually because it's like they're growing in next to sagebrush and it's like there's not a lot of water or mm -hmm. you know resources so that i don't think they can get too big so yeah the leaves are mostly basal so they're like on the bottom of the plant and they're egg shaped or round but then there's also like some stem leaves and they're glabrous which means it's like the opposite of hairy they're just smooth, smooth. and they don't have they're free of Free of hairs or trichomes, glabrous. That's why kind of, when you said the aquatic thing, because I was like, oh, I could see that, because, like, they're, they're, like, leaves are glossy, like a yeah, lily pad yeah. or something. They're, the whole plant is kind of, like, glossy and shiny, yeah. And then, so the stem leaves are deeply lobed. They can be lobed, like, three to five times. The flower, the flower is the nice bright yellow, like most people associate it with spring because it's so pretty and bright. But yeah, so there's five bright yellow waxy petals and each petal is separate from each other and they kind of like form a cup around all of the yellow stamen. And it just says, like in all the books, it says many stamen. In the plant world, if it says many, that just means that there's like too many to count. Like there's a whole bunch and they just say many because it varies. Like they don't have just five or seven. 
So yeah, it, that's why it's called well, Buttercup because the wait the around petals... the stamen. Yeah, so they're around the stamen, which are the male reproductive yeah. parts, okay. and they, which hold the pollen. And so if you look at a picture, it's all of that that middle center part that looks kind of like fuzzy, I guess, is the stamen. And then there's greenish yellow pistils also. Oh, so the, okay. the female and the male parts are all in the middle. Okay, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, are you looking at it? Yeah. yeah. And then there's five sepals. And I talked about the sepals, which are just like, it's the outermost or lower whirl of the flower. So it's usually beneath the petals themselves. I might send you a picture that we could post because I took a picture I took a picture of a rose at work and you can really see the sepals on it. But yeah, they're they're usually green on most flowers, but in the buttercup, the sepals are like a purplish yellow. Hmm. But they usually drop off the sepals usually drop off after it blooms so a lot of times you won't even see it and the petals are twice as long as the sepals so you'll probably see the petals before you see anything else and then the seed is an akeen which is like means that it's hard and it splits open that's what akeen is and then the seeds come out the seeds are like hard and they pop out kind of okay and they're like really small one to two millimeters long little tiny seeds which makes sense for a small flower. And there's about 30, there's 30 to 150 seeds oh, in wow. any given flower, which is crazy. Huh. And then, so they live, their habitat is grassland, steep, open forest, rocky outcrops, montane, and right with, and they live with white sagebrush and not white. I said white, but I didn't mean white. With they, they live with sagebrush and juniper. Okay. So, yeah, that's why it's called sagebrush buttercup because. And like, in what, like, uh, what regions? Oh yeah, so they live in all of the Rocky Mountains. So, Arizona, Montana, Nevada, Oregon, Utah, Wyoming, Idaho, Washington, Colorado, North Dakota, South Dakota. California, New Mexico, all the way to Nebraska. Okay. So, um, and then obviously there's like British Columbia to Saskatchewan, I believe, is where the sagebrush buttercup is. And then, yeah, so they, they're pretty much one of the first flowers to bloom in the Rocky Mountains. Like I was saying, I went for a hike yesterday and I saw them. I saw a where few of them popping Where'd you go? Drinking horse. Okay. Which is like exactly what you'd think of where they live. It's like really rocky and dry Mm kind of. And I saw just a handful like right off the trail. And then I saw another flower, but I don't know what it is. I couldn't identify it. I have to go back maybe and see if it's like, because it seems like it might be just like at the beginning stages of growth. So I'm not sure what it is yet. But yeah, so they bloom from March to May and then... Yeah, sometimes you can see them even in like February when there's still snow on the ground. And like I, I mentioned the marsh marigold before, but maybe we'll cover that one later because they're usually growing together. Um, mm-hmm. So something else that's interesting about ranunculus is that they're toxic. So pretty much every single part of it is mildly poisonous when they're fresh. So if 
if you eat the plant without drying it or like boiling it or you know like heating it cooking it then it removes the toxins so it's pretty much so it's poisonous to people but also livestock oh and i I assume pets yep yeah you probably shouldn't let yeah i didn't do a lot of research on that but i'm sure yeah it, it probably is so if you eat it it burns your mouth esophagus you'll have abdominal pain vomiting and bloody diarrhea but it won't like kill you right yeah no it definitely unless won't you kill ate you. it like in unless you copious ate copious like, amounts but i don't know why you would eat a flower ate, like, a f- fuck ton of them yeah. for some reason yeah okay. it's um it won't yeah it definitely won't kill you but it's not gonna be great but maybe a little dog like lexi it might hurt yeah tell her to stay away do you think she'll listen <laughs> No, she stands there and eats, like, grass and weeds and shit. Oh, that's true. If there's a bunch of buttercups, oh no. I want to freak people out. <laughs> Most dogs probably won't just, like, sit there and eat them. Well, Rowdy eats every single flower that if I, like, look at it closely, then he's just like, Nom! <laughs> and eats it. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? What are well, you doing? Well, he eats, like, plastic bags and is fine, so. Yeah. He has, like, he's, like, got the gut of a shark. Yeah, he'd probably be fine. Says, yeah, he'll be totally With, like, one buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, if... I didn't realize this, but if it also causes, like, skin irritation. So if you, like, if you touch it, it'll, it could, like, make you have hives, swelling, redness, blisters, stuff like that. And then, like, Oh, also, really? Yeah. Oh. Which is crazy because, like, I, I think guess I I've pick... never touched. I don't know. If yeah, I've, I've never them. really touched them too much either. So I guess. I but feel yeah, like I, I didn't... probably picked it on when I was younger, but I don't know. Interesting. If you want to know about the tox, the toxic substance in it is protoanemonin, which is released from the glycoside ranunculin. <laughs> Okay. Don't ask me any questions because I don't. <laughs> makes I don't perfect know that, sense. <laughs> I wonder if that that might mean something to somebody. But circling back to that tall buttercup that we are talking about, which is Ranunculus acris, is the scientific name. Mm-hmm. And acris comes from the word acrid, which is like because of the burning sensation and the irritation that the plant causes. Hmm. So that's like okay. how so why they then, named it that. Okay. Yeah, thanks. And then I was going to mention just because I have worked in a lot of like greenhouses and stuff, but there's another flower called ranunculus, like the common name. People just call it ranunculus. Yeah. And it's in the ranunculus family, but it looks nothing like the buttercup. And it's called ranunculus asiaticus because it's like native to somewhere else not here another continent i don't remember where because i didn't do a lot of research on it but if people are like oh ranunculus it that's probably and they're thinking of that flower it's it's in the same family but it's completely unrelated to the one i'm talking about and but it's, it's not really... native to here and we sell it a lot yeah it's not native to here it's like one of those annual flowers like it's annual okay. here and a lot of people buy it like in the spring because it blooms in the spring and it's really, really pretty because it's huge. It has like all these, it has tons of different petals and it comes in a bunch of different colors because, you know, it's like cultivated. But... I want to say, like, it sounds familiar to me, but then at the same time, 
You probably I, have seen I, it. I can't comprehend things, so I'm like, I don't know. It sounds familiar, but maybe I've never <laughs> heard well, of it. Well, and also, like, I mention it, too, because, like, a lot of people use it as, like, in flower arrangements. Mm. Since I'm doing all that stuff now. Yeah, so a lot of times people have it, like, in their, like, wedding bouquets and stuff because it's a really pretty showy flower. But that's also ranunculus. Um, but I'm not Redunculus. It's redunculus. We chose this flower because it's so cute and it's like one of the first wildflowers to bloom in the spring. So I have one more fact that's really cool about the buttercup, uh, the sagebrush buttercup, which is toxic, but there's one- Wait, are all buttercups toxic? I'm pretty sure that all of them in the ranunculus family are toxic, yeah. I don't think in the ranunculus genus, I don't know about Ranunculaceae, the whole family. I don't think everything in that is toxic. But, but, but the wait, genus... so this always confuses me. So are all buttercups part of the redunculaceae? So, <laughs> Ranunculaceae is the family. Then okay. the genus is Ranunculus. And then the species is Galabaramus or Acris or whatever. So, you'll have to... Well, we're gonna have to do a whole episode on plant taxonomy now. Because otherwise... <laughs> I, was, I, don't, I... I don't get it. Okay, and we're gonna have to is, do... This is always my problem, like, when I listen to other, like, uh, Tooth and Claw, when they're talking about the... I'm like, yeah, I don't know what the, sp the difference between, like, the species and the family and all that is. Well, that's the thing, though. It's like... I'm going into some of that, like, scientific stuff, but, like, you don't really need to know it. But if you're interested, I can, like, we can talk about it well, later, Well, I'm maybe. just confused. So, like, are all buttercups from the same... So, all buttercups are... The common name buttercup is all under the genus Ranunculus. Okay, but you're saying not all Ranunculuses are... So, all... As far as I know, all ranunculus, the whole genus, okay. is toxic. Okay, now I get it. But not the whole family of right. ranunculaceae. Because okay. yeah. that includes, like, all the, like, columbine and delphinium. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah, that makes sense now. I okay. guess my question before was, are all buttercups under the same genus? Genus. Genus, yes. okay. And they it. are. Yeah. And then there's all different <laughs> species. Yes. And then the species are, like, the smaller underneath so it's like family genus species right but yeah okay i'm thinking of like a the bubble diagrams where it's like family yeah d that d d see that's genus, why i was like trying to yeah. show you with my hands yeah. because i have to well, like that's what i was thinking of even when i do research like i write it and then i write it like smaller and you know like an indentation because it's like yeah right but we could definitely do like a little overview of taxonomy so it's like more clear well if we ever um, had a patreon we could do like a <laughs> extra episode on that oh yeah like i was talking to nicole back she's like you could do a mini sode on this and this and this and i'm like okay okay i'm not nicole quite there should yet. be our uh <laughs> she I know, should she be should, like our, she should be uh, our producer yeah <laughs> or something okay but back to what i was saying so there's an the animal fact of the day is what i'm talking about right now and because the animal fact of the day? 
Yes, I have an animal fact of the day. Okay. Right now. I was I just, just confused because I was like, I thought we were talking about wildflowers, but here we go. Animal we, fact of the day. So we are talking about wildflowers. That relates to wildflowers. But this is uh, the animal fact of the day is that buttercups are toxic to all, like pretty much everything that eats it. But so they only know of pretty much one thing that eats it and that's the blue grouse or the dusky grouse because i guess they changed mm. the name but grouse is why did they change the name <laughs> i don't know it's not don't like blue grouse my immediate thought is like oh it's offensive because you know they're changed <laughs> but i'm like blue grouse that's not offensive i don't know because it's also it's a common name so it's like people just it doesn't really matter like what if you say blue grouse or dusky grouse but i'm sure donovan would disagree with that because he always corrects me when I say blue grouse um but the blue grouse eat the buttercup and they eat it usually in the spring when they're like really hungry and desperate for food pretty much they're just like well I'll just eat this even though it makes me sick probably what the heck okay I mean I don't know I have to ask that they can't find like a better food source no seriously it sucks being a they're like I'll shit diarrhea shit diarrhea I'll have diarrhea. <laughs> yes, I'm so what glad is we got. I'll have diarrhea and puke I'll have blood. Bloody what diarrhea. is it? Oh, bloody diarrhea. <laughs> it's bloody diarrhea. I'm so glad that we circled back to the bloody diarrhea, though. That's great. Yeah, but no, seriously, it sucks being a grouse. You have to eat buttercups to survive, and then sh- shit blood. <laughs> I don't see how that's giving you nutrients, though. If you're like, oh, whatever. It's like drinking your own piss. Where it this is not. Help. It doesn't help. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. It makes things worse. <laughs> it just makes. Don't you... drink your own piss ever. <laughs> I think you know, like a survival situation. It no. It makes it you more dehydrated. Oh, it does. Yes. Holy fuck. It's just like when you eat snow. Right? Yes. Like it, it like causes. It, yeah. Like takes your body more energy to process yes. it than it does. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. fucked up. Especially okay. if your like pee is really thick and yellow, then it's Ew, even worse. Thick? Oh! <laughs> okay, so then we talked about the animal fact of the day, but I also have a pollinator. Woo, woo! Pollinator. Oh wow, an woo, animal woo. and a pollinator. Wow. Okay. I know it's it's a special special episode. We're gonna need some sound effects for the pollinator. Yeah, we're gonna need like a. Okay, so the pollinator that I decided to talk about is a bee, but I started doing research on bees because I thought it'd be real easy. To no, pick it's one. not. Well, I thought that I could just like pick one species and it'd be fine, no. like flowers. Absolutely not. There are so many different bees. I had no idea, so I'm sorry, but I didn't know. That there are so many bees. Um, sorry bees. Now I know. But yeah, so bees love buttercups because you know how we're talking about how the flowers, um, or I mean the petals cup the stamen. Mm -hmm. And like the petals are basically splayed out and all the stamen are exposed. So bees love them because they're really easy to access. Mm -hmm. Um, so it doesn't matter. So like bees have different mouth parts also called a proboscis which is just like their tongue and so they have different size tongues and it's a lot easier for long tongue bees and short so long tongue bees and short tongue bees can 
pollinate this flower. But short-tongued bees love it because short-tongued bees cannot pollinate just any flower. Oh, man. They get, I like, the fucking... I think I need to... <laughs> what? No, I'm just thinking that their tongue's not long enough to pollinate every flower. That freaking sucks. Yeah, um, it does <laughs> suck. gross. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's really... I didn't mean for it to be so gross. <laughs> so, <laughs> some flowers have, like, you know what columbine looks like? Yes. They have, like, a tube. So yes. some flowers are, like, tube flowers. That's and where that, you need like, a long-tongued bee. Yeah, a long-tongued bee. So long-tongued bees have to, like, they are the only ones who can pollinate tube flowers or, like, longer flowers. Yeah. And I guess, so long-tongued bees are more specialized to certain flowers. And because of climate change and loss of habitat and pesticide use, the long-tongued bees are declining. And so are, like the flowers also like specialized flowers as specialized pollinators aren't doing so well so the ranunculus is in a good place because they can be pollinated by lots and lots of short tongue bees that's kind of an overview and i really hope there's no like entomologists that um like people who study bees that are listening i to mean they probably... they won't be listening to this but no yeah. they won't and they'll be like what the f yeah, you're right. Nobody's listening to that. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about one bee, one um, genera of bees, and it's called genera. Genera. Genre with an A. Yep. Wait. And an E. Genera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. So do, don't ask me to anything about that. <laughs> Because I don't even know what that means exactly. But we're going to talk about this genera of bees that's called An Andrenidae. Andrenidae. What? Okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't understand what you're doing there. Okay. Andra that's how you say it. It's A-N-D-R-E-N-I-D-A-E. Andrenidae. Andronidae. <laughs> I'm okay. just gonna mumble it so okay. I don't say it wrong. Andronidae. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Oh my god, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> it's Andronidae or Andrina. Okay. Andrina is the genera that is also called mining bees. So they're mm. called mining bees because they construct their nests underground. So they like burrow in and they mine through the dirt to make their nests. But this species, it's one of the largest genera of bees in the world. There's like over 400 in the U.S. or in the North America. And then there's like 1,500 worldwide different species. So there's tons of them. And I guess like... In the article I was reading, it was like, there's only, like, a few people in the world who can actually identify species to species when they see them. Because they're, like, they there's so many and they all look so similar. But, um, that's kind of crazy. And they're solitary, so they, they live alone, but they often nest, like, close to each other. And then they're also, I chose this one because they're really cold-hardy and they do like to pollinate 
the buttercup. They're super cool. Like they can, some of these bees can live in like Alaska. Oh, but wow. yeah, so they they emerge in the spring and then you can find them. Like I guess a lot of times you'll see them just like sunning themselves, like sitting there sunning themselves because they have to get their temperature up to like 50 degrees Fahrenheit in order to fly. <laughs> so they like, so they like crawl out and then like wait to get warm enough and then they right. can like buzz away, which like is crazy. Like a snake or like a... Yeah, yeah cold-blooded animal. <laughs> I've seen bees like in the greenhouse, just like sitting on flowers, and I always like was like, "What are they doing?" It's like, "Oh, they're just cold as fuck." That's what they're doing. They're just like trying so to warm weird. Up. I know, but yeah. So I guess they're like one of the first bees to start pollinating flowers in the spring. So they're like so Adrena, Adrena, Andrina, the Andrina bees. They're classify as like small to medium sized bees so i guess they're a little bit smaller than like a honeybee they, they look... sound like a smart device like alexa or Siri. and adrena pollinate my flowers yeah and exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah so they look furry i guess like they because they have hairy thoraxes faces and legs and um they're black grayish pale brown or rust colored because there's so many different kinds they come in all sorts of different colors but then they also i guess a lot of times their abdomens are striped with pale bands so i'm pretty sure i've seen these bees before but i didn't even know that they were bees i was like is that a bee because they the little stripy right. guys yeah right but um i guess like a lot of times you'll see them like flying around and they look even furrier because the pollen attaches to their little hairs on their body but yeah so they're pretty small and they're not aggressive so if i guess like if you encounter them they'll pretty much just like zoom away they're like ah i'm out of here and if they do decide to sting which is very unlikely their their stinger is too weak to like penetrate your skin so they won't do anything anyway which is kind of cool since i'm allergic to bees but yeah hopefully in the future i'll cover some more bees because i had no idea what i was getting myself into with that on that note, let's save the bees. Yes, yeah, save the bees. They're very important. And don't eat the buttercups. Don't eat the buttercups. Otherwise, you have bloody diarrhea. Well, All right. Just don't let your pets eat them. Yeah. Don't let your pets eat them. And on that note, get outside and smell the wildflowers. Bye. <laughs>